Sisters and brothers in Christ, sometimes the most ordinary things are the most extraordinary. I had an experience a couple weeks ago. I was on a flight and I was sitting behind this family and right in front of me was the grandpa. And it was about a four-hour flight. And what was extraordinary, at least to me, was sitting right next to him was his 15-year-old grandson. And they sat and talked the entire time. And I couldn't see the grandfather, and I couldn't hear exactly what was going on, nor did I want to. But I could see the face of the 15-year-old grandson. And he was totally engaged with this encounter with his grandfather. What's striking about that is that doesn't always happen, sadly. The day before, I was at a restaurant, and I was by myself, and I was looking around, as one does. And there was a father with his five-year-old daughter, and what a precious moment, right, to be with your five-year-old daughter. And for the entire meal, they were locked into their devices. And then you start to realize what an extraordinary thing for this 15-year-old to put aside everything and just to be focused on listening to the stories and whatever else was shared by his grandfather. They say we're more connected than ever. And that may be true virtually, but in real and tangible ways, we have become more and more detached and disconnected. You know, I experience this perhaps as you do when I order something online. I press two buttons on my smartphone, and a day or two later, a, a product arrives at my door. I have no idea who produced it, who assembled it. I don't know who delivered it. I don't know how much profit the corporation who made it made. I don't know if the people who made the product are receiving a fair wage. I have no idea of the ecological impact of the production of that product. But we know, and commentators have noticed and noted, how this disconnection can lead to loneliness. Snared in technology, the loneliness of modern life can drive us mad. And sadly, individually and as a society, we often turn that madness outward. But sisters and brothers, when we gather here, we do so in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This is how the Eucharist is always framed. 
It is how we begin and how we end. Because at Eucharist, you and I enter the divine circle of God. We inhabit here a different space. Perhaps that's why we're attracted to come here. Because we're hungry and we're thirsty for something more. Because what we do here offers another way of being, a different way of living. We are here to encounter the living God and to encounter each other. We are here to experience profound connectedness. We are here to encounter love. A number of years ago, a publisher put out a small book of letters that children wrote to the Holy Father from all over the world. And so this young child by the name of Ryan, and you know, children can come up with some great questions, right? This young child named Ryan wrote Pope Francis. And he said, what did God do before he created the world? <laughs> it's good to stop and just think about that. And so the Holy Father just goes into a brief explanation and he says this. Before creating anything, God loved God loved, God always loves, God is love. God loved, God always loves, God is love. And this is what we proclaim on the solemnity of the Holy Trinity. Because we know that God is personal, not some impersonal force out there. We know that God is relational and not some unfeeling creator who fashions the world and then steps back and disengages. God's style is closeness, compassion, tenderness. As we heard in that marvelous first reading from Exodus, where God reveals who he is, the Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity. God loved. God always loves. God is love. And throughout our lives, God invites us to abide, to live in, to make our home in that circle of love. Not just at Mass, 
but throughout every day of our lives, every hour of our life. This is the call of a Christian, and in fact, of every human being. Sisters and brothers, you and I need to be very intentional about that, about living in this likeness of this God, three in one, and one in three, because the cultural forces that we live in militate against it. This has been the heart of the message of Pope Francis these last 10 years. Again and again, he has told us about this, refocusing us that the truth of God in Jesus Christ is the closeness and tenderness of God. And if we do not allow that truth to penetrate who we are, then our own ministry of mercy as a church will also be limited. Our time on earth as Christians is privilege time to experience God's tenderness, closeness, and mercy in the brokenness of our lives so that we can minister it to others in the brokenness of theirs. And when we allow God's mercy to come to us on his terms, then we can minister that mercy on his terms as well. Love without limit, mercy without measure. God loves, God always loves, God is love. There's a lovely scene from the movie of Gods and Men. Some of you may have seen it about the Algerian Trappist monks. Came out in 2010. Stunning movie. And there's a scene in there where one of the Trappist monks, Brother Luke, is sitting down with a young woman on a bench. And this old monk is talking to this young woman, and they're talking about love. And she's fallen in love. And she asks him, have you fallen in love? And he tells her that, yes, he too, a number of times fell in love, as she is in love now. Several times, yes. And then I encountered another love, even greater. And I answered that love. At some point, a young man named Paul Becker encountered and answered the living God. And he fell in love. And we are glad he did. He has reminded us again and again, often right here, 
that often just by the way he lived his life and encountered people, that our true identity and home is in the circle of God, the circle of love that is God. Father Paul, as we celebrate your 50 years of priesthood today, which was June 1st, correct? We feel a profound sense of gratitude to you. Not because you did it perfectly, but because... I know, I'll answer for this later, right? (laughs) There's a price to pay. Not because you did it perfectly, but because by God's grace, you grew to see and understand the point of it all. And that doesn't come with a laying on of hands. It comes through years of service and suffering in one's life. And the point of it all is to live one's life in the circle of love that is God. Sisters and brothers, the church, one of the best descriptions that the church gives to a priest is a man of communion. A man of communion. A man of love and grace who, united to God, desires everyone he meets to enter more deeply into that mystery. To remind all he meets that God loved, that God is love, that God always loves. And I imagine each of you, as I do, have your own story of how Father Paul Becker did that for you, in big ways and in small ways. And so we thank you today for reminding us again and again of the point of it all. And the point of it all is love. Sisters and brothers, we need that more than ever in our world. Dorothy Day once wrote, We have all known the long loneliness and we have learned that the only solution is love. And that love comes with community. Community with God, community with each other. This is our call. This is the beauty of the mystery we celebrate this afternoon. And this is the beauty of the priest we honor today.